Finding your way to a balanced way of living is the key to health and happiness. Each week on Choosing the Balanced Life with Diabetes, you'll hear tips and tools for a happier and healthier life. Here's your host, Anita Westlake. So many of us have turned to natural supplements to optimize our health and to deal with conditions we have, anything from arthritis to diabetes. We'll have cupboards full of these supplements, and it can be so expensive, never mind confusing. How much should we be taking? Can they clash with different medications that we're taking? Do they counteract one another? And do they have any side effects? It goes on and on, and we're really wondering, are they effective? Well, today my guest, Dr. Carolyn Dean, is here to talk about nutrients, what we should be looking at to optimize our health and help us with conditions that we may be afflicted with, along with keeping it simple and less expensive. Hi, Carolyn. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you for inviting me, Anita. Good to be here and such a worthy topic. That's it. We're talking about diabetes and uh, you are a medical doctor and have chosen to practice as a naturopath. Yes, well, I'm a medical doctor. I have my MD degree, and I'm also a naturopath with an ND degree. And um, I, I've been at this since the mid-70s. So most recently, I'm just doing telephone and, and Skype consultations, but I have been in private practice, um, actually in Toronto, Canada. Uh, I did a private practice for about 13 years, and then I was doing AIDS and chronic fatigue research in New York for about six or seven years. So I've, I've had a varied career. Wow, very impressive. And now you're in Lucky You, Maui. Oh, yes, I am. I I find now with the Internet and, and telephones that I can consult with anybody anywhere in the world, and I do. So I, I could be anywhere, but the, the best place in the world, according to my husband and myself, is Maui. Isn't that wonderful? Well, um, saying we have a worthy cause, we absolutely do, and talking about diabetes and some things that would help people, like myself, um, manage their diabetes through nutrients and paying attention to some minerals that we may be deficient in. I'd like to discuss that with you uh, a little further. So some of the nutrients that can help blood sugars, what would they be? Let me roll back a little bit, Anita, because um, one of my major works is about magnesium. I've written a book called The Magnesium Miracle. And I was surprised, this is going back to the, to the late 80s, early 90s, when Random House asked me to write this book on magnesium. I was surprised to learn how important um, magnesium is in diabetes. In fact, when I went to look at medical texts that I had read when I was in medical school, it does say that magnesium deficiency is one of the signs of diabetes. And that was just, it was amazing to me. I mean, uh, I had since medical school um, studied naturopathic medicine, so I knew about nutrients. In medical school, I saw in my biochemistry classes, and we did 200 hours of biochemistry, I saw all the metabolic pathways that 
make things function in the body, all of them required vitamins and minerals as necessary cofactors. And when it comes to magnesium, what what I learned and I wrote about in my book is that magnesium enhances insulin secretion, it facilitates carbohydrate metabolism, it allows insulin to transfer glucose into the cells, and if you don't have all those uh, functions happening, glucose and insulin build up in the blood, and that's what we measure, and that's what we say is causing the tissue damage and diabetes. The um, enzyme tyrosine kinase allows insulin entry into the cells, and it's magnesium dependent. And what that means is if you don't have enough magnesium, that function is not going to occur. And when you look at the metabolism of glucose into energy, seven out of the ten steps require magnesium. So, uh, so yes, go ahead. So what you're saying is you think that if we have, or what could be going on, is if we had some of these minerals, nutrients in our body, that we weren't lacking them, maybe we could decrease type 2 diabetes? Yes, definitely. I've seen it happen over and over again uh, because uh, what I outlined there means that you can't really make or secrete enough insulin without enough magnesium. And, uh, you know, what I wonder as well with uh, type 1 diabetes, you know, we we do call it um, partly autoimmune or it can be an infection of the pancreas that creates the problem, their genetic components. But the question is, if the body is healthy, if they're, if all the enzymes are working properly, if you have all the proper nutrients in place, then uh, should a person be susceptible to something like type 1 diabetes? Certainly with type 2, and I know the work you're doing, you're looking at diet and energy and even stress and emotions as factors in, in creating this um, imbalance with um, the blood sugar and the um, insulin resistance that occurs with with um, the body just not being able to cope anymore with the uh, I consider with the diet. I mean, when I look at the insulin resistance, and I know I'm I'm jumping far ahead here, but what um, what I discovered and put in my book is that. Insulin resistance, um, the basis of it, according to some researchers, is magnesium deficiency. So now, you know, we hear lots of this, you know, we might be deficient in this and that. Is this something that could be measured? We should go have it measured. You just don't want to start taking magnesium and thinking, Mm -hmm. okay, great, now my blood sugars are going to be better. What, What can we do? to keep some of these minerals at a healthy state or levels. There you go. Right. Well, um, it can start out very simply. Um, minerals uh, and water intake are very closely associated. Uh, if you start taking minerals and you're not drinking enough water, you can actually get get a bit constipated, which is interesting. So um, on the very practical side of things, I start with... Uh, telling my clients to drink enough water. That would be half your body weight in pounds. 
you take half of that as ounces of water that you drink every day. If you weigh 100 pounds, you're, you're going to want to drink 50 ounces of water. And you know, I certainly recommend fluoride-free and chlorine-free water because it uh, turns out that um, fluorine and chlorine will bind up magnesium and, and other minerals, but I'm most um, concerned about magnesium. They'll bind up your minerals and make them unavailable. So, I had no idea that could happen. Mm-hmm. And actually, just again, I, I do go off on little baby tangents all the time when something comes up, but um, this happens with medications as well, Anita, where really? their mm-hmm, fluoride molecules have been consistently uh, placed into drugs to make them stronger. Um, if you have a fluoride drug... It um, helps to get across the cell membrane and and build it up inside the cells to a higher degree. So without regard to the fact that fluoride is a poison and without regard to the fact that um, it may be that the fluoride is is, um, taking out the magnesium in your body, most of the common drugs are fluoride drugs. Wow. Um, I don't know if in diabetes, uh, certainly insulin doesn't have fluoride in it, but, you know, we're looking at the antibiotic Cipro, we're looking at Prozac, Paxil, Lipitor, which is a cholesterol drug, Fleconade, which is an antiarrhythmia drug. It's got six fluoride molecules. Now, we haven't gotten there yet, but um, what's important about magnesium is it helps relax muscles and balance out the nervous system. If you don't have enough magnesium, uh, you can get um, heart palpitations, for example. You can have angina as the heart muscle um, gets a bit rigid uh, without the, the relaxing effect of magnesium. And, and the, the balance point of magnesium is with calcium. Uh, calcium tightens muscles, magnesium relaxes them. Calcium is obviously very important for the bones and teeth and for clotting mechanisms, etc. But we've gone way overboard with our intake of calcium. Well, that's all we ever hear, especially as women. Calcium, oh, calcium, yeah. calcium, right? Yes, yes. And what's happened is our our... RDA or recommended daily um, allowance for calcium. It's been set at like 1,500 milligrams. Our uh, recommended amount for magnesium is about three, 400 milligrams. So uh, in, in my research, I'm seeing that they, they should be equal. Um, in the UK and the World Health Organization, their RDA for uh, calcium is... 600 to 700 milligrams and we're doing two and three times that amount and we've um, we've fortified foods and orange juice and and anything that moves with calcium so we've become very over calcified we've tightened up our muscles we're we're calcifying our tissues and you may have seen um, there have been at least six studies um, 
out of New Zealand about the overcalcification where uh, the British Medical Journal has published these studies showing that women who just simply take calcium supplements are actually at a higher risk for heart disease. I did read that. Yes, I did. Yeah. That it was on the rise and it was due to the overconsumption of calcium. Yes. And that may be so you know, as a blatant statement, but they they never once mentioned that it's because the calcium will push away the magnesium and there's not enough um, magnesium uh, to solubilize the calcium. Magnesium actually keeps calcium in solution. You can do that in your kitchen. You can take um, a capsule of calcium and stir it in water and it'll look all murky. You can take a capsule of magnesium powder and stir it in, and the murkiness goes away as the calcium dissolves. Wow, there's a simple science experiment. <laughs> yes. Mm. But it means so much. It does, it does. So, and this was around my topic of this flecainate, an antiarrhythmia drug, has six fluoride molecules. And what happens, the, the, the known written side effects of this drug are. Uh, fast, irregular, pounding, or racing heartbeat. I mean, they're trying to treat an arrhythmia, but the side effects are almost exactly like what they're trying to treat. Um, shortness of breath in the, and tightness in the chest and wheezing, that's a magnesium deficiency symptom. Nerves burning, crawling, itching, numbness, pins and needles, tingling feelings, that's a magnesium deficiency symptom, as is the irregular pounding or racing heartbeat magnesium deficiency. So what, what I see happening with, with drugs that have fluoride molecules is perhaps the fluoride is binding up the magnesium um, which makes calcium relatively higher, and then you get the, the calcium excess and magnesium deficiency symptoms and side effects. Wow. Now, let me ask you a question. So that was fascinating between the calcium and magnesium, but there's other minerals. Now, do they, they all go hmm. part and parcel, I would imagine. And so like zinc, for instance, Mm-hmm. So if uh, if yeah. you want to keep these things in line, and we're talking optimum health, how we can help ourselves and keep ourselves healthy, diabetic or not, maybe we can we can definitely help our diabetes by keeping ourselves in a healthy state. So what would be a checklist of something that we would want to have checked at the doctors and keeping it in balance? These right. these minerals. Yeah. Right, and I get sidetracked, as I say. I often go off into a little tangent. So no, that was what we're fascinating. Talking, right, is, is the water intake. And, and see, our water is supposed to have minerals. Uh, our water was supposed to, you know, come, come in streams, go through into, into water tables that, where the water would go through the, the minerals in the soil and end up in the water table. And then we get high mineral water but you know what we've done with that is just you know we've chlorinated and fluorided the water we we put drugs in the water to to um, kill any bacteria we filter the water even at in our homes we filter the water because we're afraid of chemicals and all the rest of it so it ends up the water we drink 
does not have the minerals that our body requires. And I've already said the food we eat. A hundred years ago, um, this statement was made by the U.S. Department of Agriculture that we could get 500 milligrams of magnesium in an ordinary diet. Now we're lucky to get 200 milligrams of magnesium. And we do need the 500 or 700 milligrams of magnesium as we do need uh, five, six, seven hundred milligrams of calcium. We can get calcium pretty much in our diet, especially if we eat um, dairy products, eat nuts and seeds, deep green leafy vegetables, fish with bones, um, bo- eat bone broth, for example. But magnesium is very hard to come by. So what I tell people to start with is to put sea salt in their drinking water. Now, right away, the bells and whistles go off. Yeah, and it's oh, salt. well, my doctor said salt is dangerous. I shouldn't take it. Oh, my gosh, what, what's she telling me to do? And, you know, this it's such a huge um, education for to be the, able to dispel all the myths out there. And that's why I appreciate you having me on your show, Anita, because we can discuss this at length. And what, what has happened with this... Um, this business about too much salt is the salt that people have been using is just sodium chloride. It's just sodium. And it's this uh, sodium with the lack of the other 71 minerals that are in sea salt that has gotten us out of balance. And even if you Google right today about uh, salt, uh, a lot. There's still controversy about whether or not the, even um, table salt is dangerous because you see we absolutely need the sodium for our adrenal glands. People who are under a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, they'll uh, they waste sodium just like they waste magnesium. So unless you have a a good salt, and I do recommend a good sea salt like Celtic salt or Himalayan salt then you're not going to replace your sodium or the other 71 minerals. And the the guideline for dosage is one quarter to one half teaspoon of sea salt in every quart or liter of water that you drink every day. Which isn't a so lot of salt. No, it's not because our RDA for salt is like a teaspoon a day. And most people aren't even getting that now because they're afraid of salt. But the fear has been put into them um, about the the sodium aspect, just the sodium chloride table salt. So I have people, um, you know, I I really can't uh, diagnose or prescribe for your listening audience, but um, I have people who just experiment and see how they feel with it. I have... um, What about mineral water? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just have to ask, Mm -hmm. what about mineral water? Are we actually getting minerals from this? Is it just fuzzy water? Um, I drink mineral water. When I go out, I drink it. Right. You'd have to look at your your labeling. Uh, There are a couple of waters that have good amounts of magnesium, but most of these waters actually are high in calcium. Again, it's the calcium that they're pushing. Yep. And when you look at the label, um, I won't name any waters because I don't have the label in front of me, but usually it's just a couple of minerals in there. I'm talking about getting 71 
different minerals in your sea salt. So Wow, I a, noted that. Um, That's a lot. 71 mm-hmm. different minerals. My goodness. Right. So it, I think it's a lot um, more inexpensive just to, to do the sea salt. And what you'll find is, um, I was going to say in, in the testimonials I get, is when you take the sea salt and the required amount of water, as I said in my guideline, then the cells open up to the minerals, the minerals go inside the cells, the water follows the minerals, and people actually have less edema and less tissue swelling as the water follows the minerals properly and you start getting good metabolic function. Wow, that's simple. Now, I have to ask you, because we hear so many things, you know, for water absorption, all kinds of things, you know, we're dehydrated. What if you, could you add something else to this salt water? So let's say you take your quart of water and you add a half a teaspoon of Himalayan salt and you wanted to add some chai seed, which we hear is, you know, absolutely wonderful for our bodies. Would that be a problem? Could we mix other things in with our salt water? No, no, not at all. It's fine to mix, uh, mix in, just go for, for the taste. And, you know, if you have, like chai has a lot of minerals, um, minerals in it Uh, you know what i would add of course is some sort of mineral powder or um, mineral liquid of magnesium because um, what uh, what i haven't mentioned so far is that magnesium is required for 700 to 800 different enzyme systems in the body the next um, highest amount is uh, for zinc which has about 180 so magnesium is by far the most important mineral. And you were asking me, well, the safety of it, how do you know, and all the rest of it. Well, yeah, too much, are, too little, you know, where are right. we? Mm. What's amazing about magnesium, Anita, is that it has a fail-safe. If you take too much all at once or if you take too much throughout the day, you will get a laxative effect. And for some people who are constipated, they might think that's a good thing. <laughs> they must but, think that's awesome. <laughs> right. It's a natural uh, laxative. It bring, you know, pulls water into the intestines, but it also relaxes the intestinal muscles because some, sometimes constipation is just everything is tight or you're, you're dehydrated. So for constipation, you know, getting your water intake up to the... The, the half your body weight measured in pounds, take that half of that amount in ounces of water, add your quarter to a half a teaspoon of a good sea salt into each liter. And if you're if you're 100 pounds, you're drinking 50 ounces a day. And in that water, you have your, your sea salt, add um, some sort of magnesium to it. Um, and if it's too much, you'll get the laxative effect. There are only four um, true contraindications to uh, to taking magnesium, and that's someone who has a bowel blo- blockage, which means if if you get diarrhea, it's not going to, to show up. For, um, and the other is um, people who have a condition called myasthenia gravis. And is, that's my, a long word. What does that mean? Myasthenia gravis is just a, conti- a condition where the muscles are very flaccid and weak. And um, what um, happens with 
magnesium is it relaxes muscles even a bit more. So there's a concern that if you take magnesium, your muscles are already a little a little flaccid, then it might make them more so. Now, I have not found that to be the case, but it's something that I have to say. Um, other um, contraindications, um, let me just... Um, look them up so I get them right. I'm just Well, uh, this is this is really fascinating. I mean, if we can keep these um, minerals in our body in some kind of form balance and get them in the body, get them to the cells. I mean, mm-hmm. the benefits are unbelievable. It helps constipation, obviously. Mm-hmm. First thing we just discussed, funny but so true, right? Yeah. Oh gosh, yes. You know, the older you get, the more dehydrated you get, the more constipated you get. I remember my dear mother saying to me that that's all she and her sister would talk about is how how they were trying to move their bowels and and you know if it's if it's increasing the water intake along with your minerals then it that's uh, it's such a relief to so many people. Yes, here's the other two contraindications: kidney failure, which means the kidneys just aren't able to release the extra magnesium if you take too much. Um, that's a big one, though. Do you not think well, that's a big one? Well, I mean, kidney, kidney failure, that, that's when someone's on dialysis, really. Okay, so that's not your average person. I mean, they've already, they already have um, an issue with their kidneys that they more than likely, I would imagine, be aware of or on oh, dialysis. Okay. Correct. They're under doctor's care, and the doctor's already warned them against magnesium. And even there, you know, I have people who will... Uh, who'll do the sea salt and do certain forms of magnesium that are 100% absorbed at the cellular level and and it'll help to heal their kidneys. So uh, these are um, relative contraindications that I'm I'm discussing just to show that it's a, it's the safest nutrient that you can take. But but even uh, having said that, I tell people, well look, why don't you just start with taking an Epsom salt bath? Epsom salt is magnesium sulfate. It's been used for centuries. And it's used by midwives, and, you know, they call them the salts. And the midwives would put the mother in Epsom salt bath or Epsom salt foot bath. We put children in, in their bath and put in a, a cup or half a cup of Epsom salt. And, and it's absorbed through the skin. Uh, a child will, who is constipated will start having uh, proper bowel movements. They'll be less irritable. They'll sleep properly. It's, it's amazing what magnesium can do just absorb through the skin. And, and folks can just try that. I mean, some people will be on a dozen medications, but then be concerned, well, you know, is it safe to take magnesium? And, you know, it's, it's very frustrating to me because... Um, we kind of accept the fact that we have to take medications, that they have side effects, that we have to put up with them, but there's so little told to us by doctors about vitamins and minerals that we're afraid of them. And to me, you know, my mission is to to get um, people educated about magnesium and minerals so that they can be taking these safe nutrients that that can have such an effect on on the body. The, the, an 86-year-old woman said when she began to take the sea salt and the extra water and, and magnesium that 
she was able to put on shoes that she never thought she'd be able to do again because her feet and ankles were so swollen. So it helps with swelling, I guess the balance within our mm-hmm. bodies, keeping the minerals in balance, getting them it's to the, the cells. It's getting, exactly, it's getting them into the cells where they belong instead of floating around in your tissues and causing this fluid edema in your, in your legs and ankles. I mean, if you look at most elderly people and you look down at their ankles and they're all swollen and it's because they have cellular dehydration. See, I have my grandmother is um, is still walking around, living in her own house. She's ninety seven, mm-hmm. and um, she a couple of years ago she went in the hospital and she was um, constipated, and it actually yeah. put her in the hospital. And they actually yep. did give her magnesium intravenously oh. with fluids. And I'll tell you, when she was done um, taking all this in, what an incredible change in this woman. Wow. She was more alert. And, and wow. hearing all this from you, I'm remembering that. I spent mm. quite a bit of time in the hospital, so she wasn't alone, along with the rest of my family. And mm-hmm. unbelievable. So when mm-hmm. she left that hospital, it was like she just had a, a burst of um, alertness. Just she was moving better. Obviously, her mood was better. It just made such a difference. And I thought, well, I mean, she was just deficient in some areas and she was constipated. But now that I'm hearing this from you, it this makes complete sense to me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, um, you know, most doctors would just say, oh, well, the constipation was kind of uh, making her toxic and that's all she needed. But, yes, um, It's keeping it up, though, right? Right, right. But see, doctors just look at magnesium as a laxative instead of doing the seven, eight hundred enzyme function. So there is so much more going on, and and they should have continued um, telling her to take magnesium. But unfortunately, um, most doctors, if they talk about magnesium, they'll talk about magnesium oxide, which is only four percent absorbed. So the other 96 goes out through the kidneys or as a laxative through the intestines. And that's where they get the notion that, oh, well, if the kidneys aren't functioning, you can't get rid of that extra magnesium. And, oh, if the bowels are blocked, you can't get rid of that extra magnesium because they just look at it as a laxative. So, you know, I, I work more with the magnesium citrate and there's another picometer size magnesium that I recommend. Now I'm confused on that. So there's different types of magnesium. Yes, that's right. Magnesium Miracle Book, I talk about it. I I have some free books um, on my website, rnareset.com. On our nonprofit site, nutritionalmagnesium.org, there's a free ebook on magnesium. So there's lots of educational opportunities and, and we have to do this because, as I said, there's, there's the Epsom salts and you can soak with I that. I use them. I, I do use them good. for some aches and pains. And I wondered if that was all right to use because of the amount of salt. So then I switched just recently. In fact, I just purchased it, Himalayan salt to soak in. Uh, well, the salt is good, but it's not going to give you enough magnesium. And the magnesium is safe, 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 as I'm trying to express to you. If 
um, you know, if there's too much, you'll you'll get the laxative effect. But um, you'll find out just as your grandmother did that it, it's going to open up so many pathways to your energy and to muscle relaxation. It'll it'll help clear up uh, calcification. I had one elderly woman tell me that she had been on um, adult diapers for four years, and when she started taking magnesium she felt that it dissolved the calcification in her bladder to where she got off adult diapers. That's amazing. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, soaking, you can put a, a cup in a, in a bath or a half a cup in a, in a pail of water and soak your feet. Um, the next one, the magnesium oxide, only if you're having constipation issues and then you might want it want to also add a a magnesium citrate. Now, the magnesium citrate powders, they're about 20% absorbed, um, and they can cause a laxative effect. What I tell people to do with those is put put them in your sea salt water and sip through the day so that you won't build up too much magnesium at any one time. And um, I personally had to work to create my own magnesium product, and you know, I won't talk about it here because it's, you know, it's, uh, this is not a commercial program, but what happens with some of us is any form of magnesium that I took, I would get the laxative effect. So I had to create a type of magnesium that was 100% absorbed at the cellular level and, and did not even reach the intestines. So there's this range of different forms. You know, uh, the form that I use, I've had people switch from having to do three and four magnesium um, intravenous uh, treatments a week over to this oral form. And for them, it, it was more, even more effective, and they didn't have to deal with the constant threat of infections in their indwelling and intravenous line or the risk of blood clots. So there, there are a lot of, there's a lot of focus on magnesium now, but when doctors just know about magnesium oxide and their next, next thing they do is jump to intravenous magnesium, then they're, they're not taking uh, advantage of, of what is available, you know, more in the alternative medicine field. So if I was to take more magnesium, obviously my health overall would be much better. Yes, yes. I haven't even gotten to the list of conditions that magnesium... That's what I was going to ask you. One being diabetes, as we know, um, Mm -hmm. helping our blood sugars and and maybe in some cases preventative of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, becoming a type 2 diabetes, a diabetic... So what are on the list of other conditions that magnesium can really help combat? Right. Yeah. I have, a, I have so many. It's about 100 different things right now, but I'll just mention a few common things. Magnesium prevents and treats the following common conditions. And this is in my book, Magnesium Miracle, and also in my blog. Acid reflux, adrenal fatigue, aging, angina, anxiety, atrial fibrillation, high blood pressure, calcium deposits in the arteries, chocolate craving. The reason why people crave chocolate, Anita, is because chocolate is very high in magnesium. 
Wow. So yeah. maybe these cravings, there's yeah. a method to this madness that we we want chocolate because we need magnesium. Exactly. Constipation, depression, uh, type 2 diabetes, fibromyalgia, headaches, including migraines, heart attack, um, irritable bowel syndrome, any sort of inflammation, insomnia, kidney disease, kidney stones, muscle spasms, nerve twitches, PMS, seizures. And in a blog I have called Gaging Magnesium Deficiency, I have 100 factors that can create magnesium deficiency. And I tell people, look at that list and see if you're, for example, taking more than seven alcoholic drinks a week, that can deplete your magnesium. If you're always angry or if you have asthma or if your blood tests show low calcium or um, if you're getting... Why anger? I'm curious, what, what has that got to do with that? Well, anger and irritability, is if you can imagine yourself just gritting, being really mad at something, gritting your teeth and holding all your muscles tight, well, if you don't have enough magnesium, your muscles will be tight because of relatively too much calcium. And when, you hold, when your muscles are held tight uh, physiologically, it makes your body feel irritable and it makes you feel angry. Like you'll, at the drop of a hat, you'll just lash out. And that could be so, lack of magnesium. Correct. So your body's tight and tense. You haven't gotten enough sleep because low magnesium causes insomnia. You wake up in the morning, you're tight and tense, you have a bit of a headache, and your husband looks at you the wrong way and you just scream at him. <laughs> so that's magnesium deficiency. That's interesting that you say about sleep because so mm. often I hear people say, I don't sleep well, I'm not sleeping well. You hear this all the time. Oh, I was up till four o'clock in the morning trying to sleep. And then I fell asleep for a little bit. And now I'm tired. And it just becomes a horrific cycle. It does, especially if you go to the doctor and start getting sleeping medications, which just make you addicted. When you look at the label of the most sleeping medications and even anti-anxiety drugs, they say for short-term use only, which is two weeks. Beyond two weeks, you can start to get addicted on these drugs. You know, I have to say that I um, have never taken a sleeping pill, mm. ever, n never, ever tried one, only because um, I have read that it's not a true sleep. Your body might be rested, mm. but it's not a true sleep. Mm -hmm. So in yeah. my mind, it was masking a problem. Correct, correct. So with magnesium, it's, it's an, such an amazing mineral because it does 700 to 800 different enzyme functions. What it's doing is during the day, it'll calm you and relax you, but give you energy. It's like your energy comes forth. You're not tense and all the rest of it. At night, when you lie down to sleep, your muscles aren't tense and tight, so you can reach a deep state of sleep where, you know, a, a noise or, you know, someone bouncing around in the bed beside you does not wake you up. You have a deep, relaxing, refreshing sleep. So you get up in the morning and you don't yell at your partner. <laughs> even, even Which is a good like, thing. Which is a very <laughs> helpful thing. 
I have a number 10 here on my list of uh, gauging magnesium deficiencies, brain trauma. Their brain trauma, you know, accidents, whiplash, all the rest of it, they, what they need to do immediately in the hospital is set up an intravenous um, magnesium drip. But instead they give medications. Chronic bronchitis, the, when your, your cough gets so spasmodic and almost wheezy, that's the, um, the bronchial muscles going into spasm. If you drink too much coffee. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And it drinking too much coffee, oh, please tell me about this, because I've just <laughs> given up caffeine. That was my one vice in life. And I'm on herbal teas, and it's been about three weeks. Um, so remind me how bad coffee is, please. Well, it's a <laughs> diuretic. It's basically just it's diuretic that flushes fluid out and when when urine comes out it doesn't come out as water it it's um, it has minerals it has toxins in it although it's said to be um, sterile and all the rest of it but it um, it has minerals and the more coffee you drink the more minerals you deplete and especially magnesium seems to bind up and come out with caffeine even chronic fatigue syndrome uh, is, uh, can be benefited with magnesium. Cold extremities. Now, cold extremities, that would be the multiple minerals that, that I talk about. Um, did you know that thi- the thyroid gland actually requires nine minerals for its proper functioning? No idea. I had no idea. What are the, right. Because that's an important thing to know. Right. And what has happened in, in alternative medicine, they may look at iodine. And, and that the doctors um, in medical school, I did not learn about, um, about the, even iodine necessary for the thyroid. And uh, the alternative doctors talk about it. But um, iodine is not the only thing that's important. Uh, what iodine does is it helps to make thyroid hormone. But then it, you require selenium to change the inactive thyroid hormone into the active hormone. And then you require zinc for another function, manganese, copper. Magnesium is necessary as well. So what has unfortunately happened in medicine and in alternative medicine is um, in allopathic medicine, they wait for the thyroid to be, you know, completely punked out. It's like your thyroid is so low, we have to give you hormone replacement. And what It's a hard doing- thing to balance. I know a lot of people that, uh, well, when I say a lot, a good 10, 12 people that struggle constantly with that balance of that medication for their thyroid. Mm-hmm. Right, because the medication they use is uh, usually it's the synthetic thyroxine or synthroid. It's just a uh, a T4 medication, and in order to get that T4 medication into a T3, which is the active form, you require selenium. So they, they, you see what I'm saying? It's like they'll, they're giving an inadequate um, treatment to people, but they're also waiting until the thyroid is so weakened that they they seem to require the hormones where I tell people, well, it's a, it's a balance in, of all of them. And I've been working with a multiple mineral with, uh, with all these um, different minerals that are required for the thyroid. And, 
in myself, I was able to get off my armor thyroid after two months of, of getting, you know, very low dose um, minerals that, that support the thyroid instead of waiting for it to, to be so low. Even in natural medicine, they, they don't understand enough about the minerals and they give natural thyroid hormone replacement, like the armor thyroid or some sort of desiccated thyroid. But to me, that's like shutting the barn door after all the animals have escaped because all, all your minerals are deficient. And that's what your thyroid is calling out for. Very interesting. Can mm. we get any of these um, minerals also through the foods we're eating? You can. What you'd um, have to really look at is organic um organic farmers and um, as we do some in some places here in, in the U.S., uh, you can join a community-supported agriculture, uh, make a contract with a farmer to have uh, produce delivered to a group of people, but then you have to ask that farmer to put rock dust on the soil to amend the soil with minerals. It's so important. I mean, we we have cases of um, of uh, uh, countries in Africa, for example, where there's very little selenium in the soil. That's where you'll find the AIDS virus and the Ebola virus. There are reasons why people get ill, and and it usually um, falls on to the mineral deficiency and what we're growing our food in. Yes, and you know the I I I as well as you like to keep things positive, but um, the uh, fertilizers and pesticides and different things that you're using uh, on the soil now, like um, Roundup Ready, uh, it's a chemical uh, glyphosate. It's a herbicide, but it binds up minerals. So when you're using these herbicides on the soil, you can remove 50% of the magnesium from the soil and the half-life of this Roundup Ready is 23 years and it's a Monsanto product. That's frightening. Yeah. So so some of the things we could be doing is getting better sources of our food and, and organically, as oh. you said, as long, you know, maybe the soils are not depleted not depleted of the minerals that we need mm -hmm. that affect you know what we're eating right there are um there's a nonprofit um i think it's called remineralize.net remineralize.net or uh, let me just look to see if i can find it it might be remineralize.org and um they teach people how to amend the soil with uh, with uh, rock dust, and you can buy this. I, I, you know, I'm certainly not going to tell folks to go out and uh, grow their own food, but you can hire um, farmers. I mean, I wish we could we could do more of that, where you do this community supported agriculture, where a group of 30, 40 people. Um, contracts with an organic farmer and and make sure that they receive enough money so they can buy rock dust so they can put it on the soil. It, yes, it is called remineralize.org, 
and um, it is a it's a movement to um, to shift, as they say, from scarcity to abundance. I mean, we we have the ability to grow our own food, and unfortunately, we've kind of left it up to to big agribusiness, and and they just do what's economical for themselves and their shareholders without looking at the actual uh, quality of the food that's being produced. So that's a great tip. If we're going to support our local farmers and join a community like that, it's a great question to ask them. Are you using rock dust? Correct. Or can we? Yes, uh, it is available. I they, I'm sure farmers hear about these things, but they, they're just not pushed to do it until they're asked. They're on this remineralize.org. There's a rock dust primer. There's it looks like a, a booklet that they'll send out to you to, as a free download to show you what type of rock dust is best and composting with rock dust and and looking at the insects uh, in natural balance. I mean, it's just going back to the old ways. And see, what, what happens on um, the farms right now where, where you know, they're almost forced to use fertilizers that are, are so deficient and they're for, for, forced to use uh, herbicides and pesticides, if you kill off the nitrogen-fixing bacteria in the soil, then you you don't get the proper nitrogen in the plants. If you kill off the worms, the worms are what uh, digests the minerals and make the minerals uh, break down to the size that the the plant rootlets will accept. The plant rootlets are size dependent to picometer in size, and that's like one trillionth of a meter. So the only minerals that get into plants are tiny enough that they will be absorbed directly into our cells. The cell mineral ion channels are picometer in size. And that's the um, the research that I looked at um, to formulate my minerals, which are picometer in size, because I just couldn't depend on plants anymore. Um, I have people who will drink, not my people, but I, I have clients who on this crazy notion of drinking 100 to 140 ounces of green drink a day, thinking they're getting everything they could possibly require. Now, what's it, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but what's green drink? Oh, where, you know, they're just using kale and spinach and celeries, and they're just blending this up and drinking, drinking this down and drinking, you know, huge, enormous amounts of it to try to get their nutrients. It's you know the vegetarians and the raw. Food I have people. heard this, yes, where they're mm-hmm. just and they're making these drinks out of all grains, yes. Correct, and they're trying to get their pH balance, alkaline, and on and on and on. Well, I've gotten clients um, from this group, you know, from high up in this group, and they've had heart palpitations and leg cramps, which indicates a magnesium deficiency. And they test for, and they can't believe it for one thing. But then they test low on magnesium and magnesium RBC blood test, and I put them on my magnesium and my minerals, and within a day their symptoms are gone. So these people are deficient in minerals, even though they assume they're getting all the minerals they need because they're eating all this um, green foliage. 
And it's because the soils are so deficient. So really, even though the soils are deficient, you're still, I'm hearing that organic food is the better choice because I hear lots of grumble. Oh, it's a waste of money to buy organic celery or organic spinach. You know, maybe the meat is a better choice when you go without antibiotics, without hormones. But I've heard lots of people say, why are you buying organic apples? They're three times the price. Mm -hmm. And really, is there any benefit? Well, there always has been benefit. I mean, there's definitely more um, minerals and vitamins in organic food. But what's made it even more compelling uh, recently is um, so many other foods are GMO, genetically modified. Unless you buy organic, then you can't be assured that uh, the food that you're putting in your mouth is is uh, safe because GMOs have um, created another level of toxicity in our bodies. Their their GMO foods are very hard to digest and set up inflammation in the body. And, and uh, the European studies are very compelling that GMOs are unsafe. Well, when they first started uh, to do this, I can remember I would only buy tomatoes from Belgium that were shipped here because they weren't genetically modified. It was in the winter because it wasn't fresh. You know, they were, it was in the off season. And that was one of the reasons why. And I thought, well, I want to just eat a tomato. That's all I want to do. When I buy a tomato, I want to know that I'm eating a real tomato. <laughs> right, right. It's not such a with, simple thing, but it's not anymore. Uh, no, it not just isn't. fish genes in it or something crazy. I, I know the... The way we've uh, we've been trying to modify God and nature is just so incredible. It, it's just so frustrating. Well, it's come it's, back on us, hasn't it, through our health? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, people, um, you know, we we keep having to avoid this and that. And I just think it's it's terrible that it's it's made us so much so even fearful of our food. And that's a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Either we can turn a blind eye and say, I'm tired of being afraid. I'll just eat whatever. We're all going to die anyways. Heard that many, many times. Mm-hmm. Or we can become really paranoid and fearful of what we put in our mouths. Mm-hmm. And what I find, um, I find since I've, uh, really focused on remineralizing my own body and using the picometer minerals that um, I'm not as fanatic as I used to be. I don't have to be. I, I feel good on, and don't even eat organic all the time. And you, you go by how you feel or your intuition. And, and I've adopted the philosophy that um, my body's adapting. If I give it the right minerals and give it my sea salt and water and and stay relatively healthy, do my exercise, then my body should be able to adapt. Um, our environment is changing and, and over the millennia, we, uh, humans have adapted to their environment and we should be able to do that as well because otherwise, uh, you, I have people who, you know, be fearful of, taking something that's in a plastic container as if plastic is the 
the most horrible thing in the world. But golly, when you add up everything that the potential for horror, you're you're just not going to be able to even open your eyes in the morning. So you really have to say to yourself, look, I'm I'm a human being. I can ad- adapt, adopt, and survive. You know, as I said, you know, we've done I it. I love so much. that. I have yeah. to tell you, I love that. Adapt, adopt, adopt. And- and survive. Sorry. Right, adopt and survive. I love that. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the case of diabetes, when people are first diagnosed, mm-hmm. especially type 2, I can't do this. I've been living my life a certain way so many years. There's mm-hmm. no way I could do it. But you can. Mm-hmm. You can adapt, right. adopt, and survive. Right. And we are. And have success. Tested. Yeah, there is a testing um, that I think is part of being a human being, and uh, I don't think it's uh, it's not honoring um, ourselves, as I said, God and Mother Nature. It, it makes us uh, feel like we're less than when we try to hide from it and, and maybe even blame, you know, uh, people in um, sort of the activist movements who are, trying to blame Monsanto and blame this and blame that. And yes, you know, there there are people who are making a lot of money um, off our illness, but we still have our independence. You know, we are an independent. You know, North America is still relatively independent, and we can uh, seek out um, good sources of food. Once we get the information, once we realize that we do have power and um, there's so much authority out there telling us what we can and can't do, but no, we we have the power to take care of our own bodies. And and that goes into, you know, how we uh, interact with our doctors. I had a client yesterday, and it's just uh, on the top of my mind right now, who... Um, I diagnosed that her her doctor was actually unhappy with her because she came in too happy. Uh, she, oh, that's she, silly, isn't it? <laughs> yes, she's that's got a, a serious health condition and she's dealing with it. But the doctor, uh, from our conversation, I saw that the doctor was actually threatened by her level of happiness and how she was dealing with it and what she was doing and he proceeded to tell her you better get serious or you're going to die you know that's not the first time i've heard that and i've even had similar statements said to myself in Mm. other words um why has your blood pressure gone down it was elevated for a short period of time and Mm. it went down wonderful Mm -hmm. you would think this and this, fantastic. Good job, Anita. No. Why would it go down? Huh. It shouldn't have gone down. Well, geez, you don't have to take the medication anymore. Well, that's odd. <laughs> so, oh, there was no my. celebration. There oh, was I know. a little bit of judgment, and, you know, the, it wasn't supportive. No. No, and it's like doctors are bad news bears, and they just keep trying to to give you the bad news. You know what um, uh, it makes me think of is when I was in medical school, we didn't even have uh, uh, release forms. Uh, Doctors would just do what they did, and families and doctors would keep uh, diagnoses away from patients. You know, if they had cancer, they wouldn't be told, oh, you're fine, you'll be fine, and then they would die. And uh, it went... 
it went the extreme other way uh, with consent forms and release forms so that nowadays if somebody has like a 5% chance of having some ho- horrible condition, the doctor feels in- impelled to tell the patient without, uh, you know, without giving any any preamble, they'll say, well, there's a 5% chance you have cancer. Well, you don't even hear 5%, you just hear the cancer. And what doctors do as well is they they caution patients not to do alternatives because they offer false hope. And doctors know that they can't offer any hope. In fact, what what I see happening, especially with heart disease and I think diabetes could, you know, it's it's in that chronic disease uh, venue as well where doctors um, in heart disease don't see p- patients getting better. And what's happening in my mind and how I'm theorizing is that when you have any sort of heart symptom, and to me, most heart symptoms are magnesium deficiency, with a relative excess of calcium. Until proven ever, otherwise, it's magnesium deficiency. Arrhythmias, chest pain, angina, blood pressure, they're all magnesium deficiency. When you go to, do- to a doctor with high blood pressure, what do they do? They, uh, they say, oh dear, your blood pressure's up. Here, take a diuretic. Diuretics drain out your magnesium. You come back in a month, oh, your blood pressure's worse. We caught it just in time. Here, take this calcium channel blocker. Now, they know enough to block calcium, but they don't know to give magnesium. And they'll give you an ACE inhibitor. You come back in two months, do blood tests to make sure the drugs aren't compromising your liver. And all of a sudden, they find out you have diabetes because your magnesium is getting lower and you have high cholesterol. And what do they do? They put you on a diabetic drug and one or two cholesterol drugs. Now you've got six drugs that are draining your magnesium. And as the doctor knows, you you aren't going to get better because in my theory is, yes, you can't get better as you keep the, keep draining your magnesium, but the doctors don't know that. They just think, well, we cut everything in time. We're giving all the drugs. Why isn't it working? And the people who get better are the ones who will change their diet and start to exercise. And, and by having a better diet, they might be getting a bit more magnesium. The ones that really survive and, and wean themselves off their medications are the people who take magnesium. And I say wean themselves off because if you go to your doctor and say, I want to get off these drugs, they will threaten you and say, you're going to die if you get off these drugs. But what you're saying is if you're adding magnesium to your um, daily routine, that it's not that you just said, hey, take the pills and I'm throwing them in the garbage, but you can wean yourself Mm. off. So nobody's suggesting you just throw them in the garbage and take some magnesium. Never. But never. wean yourself I, off, hopefully, and do your, dil- dil- do your due diligence and mm-hmm. take some more magnesium. Correct. Magnesium, your sea salt, your water, and uh, you can take multiple minerals as well. You know, I have a lot of written information about those things on my rnareset.com under the FAQs from free booklets. And, yes, it's all about educating yourself on, on um, you know, kind of, the the overview of how medicine has gotten trapped in into the drug and surgery bucket and 
I suppose with with my medical um, degree and my medical training and my naturopathic degree and my naturopathic training, I can see what you know what doctors are facing. They just don't have the information that that uh, they need um, from medical school. We were told in medicine that if you don't learn um, about something in in your medical training, then it's quackery. So that meant they outright said, you know, don't refer to chiropractors or or herbalists. I mean, when I went to medical school at Dalhousie University in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia in the mid-70s, there weren't even any naturopathic schools around that they could put down. But they definitely told doctors, if you don't learn this in medical school, then it, it doesn't exist. So when when you ask doctors, well, what about magnesium? They'll just say what they know, which is, oh, it's a laxative, and, and you shouldn't take it if you have any sort of kidney problem, and you, you know, you'll just get diarrhea from it, so why would you want to take it? Whereas I've written a 400-page book on why you should take it. <laughs> well, so that sounds like a lot of tunnel vision, and not their fault. It's what they've been taught. Correct. It's not their fault, and, you know, I, I get very upset the... Um, a month or so ago when I read an article in, in one of my medical um, websites about doctors committing suicide, that there's a high rate of doctors, we, we know about dentists, but doctors committing suicide, and it's because they're practicing in a situation that's just cookbook medicine, and they're not given giving any emotional support. They get into um, drug taking and addictive behavior themselves to try to get some pleasure in their lives. But uh, that all being yeah, that all being said, I think the the bottom line is that they're not helping patients. How can you suffer a practice where every time a patient comes in, they're worse? And you don't realize it's the drugs that you're giving them. And you're trying and to help them. You, that's your objective. You, you think you're, you're helping them. Yeah. And, you know, this is all uh, this article on Dr. Suicide. This doctor was writing it, and she's written a book about it, and, and she wants to be compassionate with her patients. And, and that's a, that was all her solution was, just to be a better doctor and, you know, hand-holding your patients. But if you're hand-holding them and at the same time kind of beating them into taking the medications, you know, that's so inappropriate. And these doctors just don't have the tools to really help patients get better and get off medications. When I was in medical school in the mid-70s, and, you know, that's going back a long way now, we were told just give a drug for as long as it takes the person to get back on their feet. Drugs aren't meant to be lifelong, and what has happened in the past 15, 20 years is we've got all these preventative drugs. Oh, you have to take your cholesterol drugs for life. And Lipitor, then, you know, one of the main cholesterol drugs I already mentioned, it's got um, uh, fluoride in it, and its side effects are muscle cramps, pain, stiffness, swelling, and weakness and this horrible rhabdomyelitis, which is muscle inflammation and even necrosis, and tachycardia, all magnesium deficiency symptoms. That's unbelievable. Well, you do, I, I don't have a cholesterol problem, but you do often hear the word Lipitor. 
I hear, mm -hmm. or the name, I'm sorry, the name. Right. And mm -hmm. it comes with a list of it may cause. So do many uh -huh. other drugs, it may cause. Right. So really right. the trick is to be keeping ourselves healthy overall. And this is mm -hmm. given such an insight mm -hmm. on something that we're really missing. Yes, yes. It's not just... Uh... Um, giving up this negative information, and I'm sorry if I burden people with this, but you have to know what kind of what we're fighting against is you know lack of knowledge in medicine about the minerals and the vitamins and and how you can implement them in your own life safely, do your research and do your reading and and really just start with an Epsom salt bath and see how much better you feel and and go from there. Now the Epsom salts bath adding some um, salt to your water and a little bit of liquid magnesium. Is mm. that what you've suggested? So in a liter, I'm going to say a liter. I'm sorry uh, for those who don't know what a liter is. <laughs> but <laughs> so I say a quart, a quart, yeah. a liter, you know, we'll just say one or the other. You're adding your mm -hmm. salt. What would you suggest? How much liquid magnesium just to be on the safe side? Right. Well, there's, there are different types. If um, if you take a magnesium citrate powder that you can find in the health food store, uh, for the liter, it would be like a teaspoon of the magnesium citrate powder. And for my type of picometer um, liquid magnesium, it would be similarly a teaspoon of magnesium. I think both of those teaspoons have about 300 milligrams of magnesium. And that, along with the 200 milligrams you might get in your diet, will give you 500 milligrams. And that's, that, to me, is like a, a daily necessary amount. If, um, if a person is on medication under a lot of stress, uh, we didn't even mention if you're an athlete, you'll sweat out your magnesium and you need more of it. So if you have those um, extenuating circumstances, then you might need more magnesium. And I don't know about up in Canada, but um, there's a magnesium RBC blood test that I have people in the U.S. Um, get magnesium RBC. RBC means red blood cells. So it's the amount of magnesium that you can find inside the red blood cells. And that's a better measure of the hospital magnesium blood test, which is just a serum test. In your serum, you only have about 1% of all the magnesium in your body. In your red blood cells, you, you can measure uh, like 40% of your total body magnesium. There, um, The magnesium RBC test, then I have the caveat of saying that even if you're in the normal range of magnesium, it's the range of the sick population of which 80% of us are magnesium deficient. So you'll get a range um, of magnesium RBC in need of 4.2 to 6.8, and you want to be 6. You don't want to be 4. No, you, you want to be, be up six. At 6. Yeah. So then you know you're deficient. So maybe... For those who don't are, are unaware of this, they could seek this out through a naturopath. Yes, uh, this I, test? I don't. In some um, provinces, I think naturopaths are allowed to order blood tests, and and certainly labs have the capability of doing a magnesium RBC test. But uh, 
people come back to me and say, well, my lab didn't, you know, they said they'd never had someone ask for it, but they had to look it up in the book, but they could do it. So it degraded people started lobbying for it, especially in the diabetic population where we know in the medical books it says uh, the sign of diabetes is low magnesium. I mean, how can we be ignoring that fact? Well, it's in black and white, and it's part of the medical books which you're learning as a doctor. So this would be so very helpful, being in medical books, knowing this information, Mm -hmm. and having this test ready available would really Mm -hmm. support a lot of people. Everyone, actually, not just a lot of people, everyone. Yeah, everyone. I um, do consults with people who come to me on a lot of medications, and I'll never say to stop your medication. I'll say, go and get this magnesium RBC blood test. We'll see where you're levels are and then you can follow it you'll know if you're if you're most people seriously 95 percent of the maybe 99 percent of the people that i've had tested show low magnesium and the ones you know when they say oh it came back elevated or or it came back in the normal range i say well did you stop the magnesium that morning because you know, to do a good test, and I put it in, in all my literature, I say, stop the magnesium the day before in the morning of your test. And they say, oh, no, no, I took a big dose before my test. <laughs> but everybody comes back low, and then you can watch it, and, and the levels do rise as people begin taking their magnesium. It helps um, overcome their... Um, they take their test, and they see it becoming elevated as they overcome their magnesium deficiency their symptoms go away, and then they build up their magnesium stores because what happens when a person is under stress, then the body will will drain magnesium from the bones and the muscles to deal with the stress. I mean, even the stress of taking medications. One of the interviews I did for my Magnesium Miracle book was with a Mildred Seelig, S-E-E-L-I-G, She's since passed, but she was a magnesium expert. And um, she told me in a a private telephone call that when she first got out of medical school, her first job was working for a drug company, and they wanted to know what happens to the blood levels of vitamins and minerals when people took their drugs. And she found out that consistently magnesium would become elevated after they took a drug. And when she told her bosses, they just ignored it. And and she quit very quickly after that and went into magnesium research because she said that what if these drugs, the way they they stir up the magnesium, and they're they're forcing magnesium out of the muscles and bones to try to uh, detoxify the drug is what she thought. And she said, what if the, the beneficial symptoms we're seeing with drugs are in fact magnesium coming into the bloodstream for the first six or eight weeks but because then she said uh, after about six or eight weeks you start to get magnesium deficiency because it's all being used up and then the drug side effects kick in okay so for the first little while it can work Mm -hmm. and then magnesium becomes depleted and the side effects can come into the picture yeah yeah very interesting. It is, it is. And again, I appreciate the time you're spending with me so we can explore all these um, 
Well, I would love you. I would love for you to share before we go your um, site for your own minerals. I think a lot of people are going to want to know where they can get this information. And I think it would be wonderful if you give this to us. I know it's not a commercial, but mm. you know, you've shared so much, you've got such a wealth of knowledge. I'm going to be looking at it myself. Oh, thank you, Anita. And, and yes, I, I appreciate that. I, I myself never went into selling supplements. Uh, I never thought I would do that because I thought it was a conflict. But what happened with my own health is I started developing really bad heart heart palpitations and horrible leg cramps, and I could not find a magnesium. I, I was losing weight. I was, had so much diarrhea from the magnesium I had to take to keep my palpitations in check. And for 10 years, I tried to get magnesium companies to make a type of magnesium that had no laxative effect so we could get a therapeutic effect. So yes, that's what led me to create my Remag, R-E-M-A-G, and Relight, R-E-L-Y-T-E, and they are both at rnareset.com, R-N-A-R-E-S-E-T.com, and first of all, go to the FAQs and, and download two free eBooks so you can understand um, about magnesium deficiency and, and how to get the best form for you. And the, the other website is nutritionalmagnesium.org and you can get another free ebook on magnesium there if you just sign up for our monthly newsletter. And, and also drcarolindean.com. I, I have a radio show on Mondays. I'm doing one later today. Um, Actually, if you're podcasting next week, I'm sorry, I'll probably be taking Chris, uh, the Christmas um, day off. Uh, so anyway, drcarolindean.com is my, um, my website for a free newsletter. And I have a two-year online wellness program that a lot of people look at as a, kind of a, almost a private coaching session to help people um, with their their lifestyle, their diet, and their nutritional information so that they can be be healthy, happy individuals. Because, you know, what I'm finding, Anita, is since, since doctors really don't have the time to do anything about prevention, we really have to do it ourselves. And we do. It's our bodies, and we should be doing it. We should be um, taking care of ourselves and not just saying, mm-hmm. hey, I'm here at the doctor. What are you going to do for me? I know. A lot of the work is day-to-day, and it doesn't have to be huge, gigantic burdens. Mm-mm. You can do it, You can work these things very easily into your life. The water, mm-hmm. adding salt to your water, and a little liquid magnesium is mm-hmm. very easy. That's a very easy thing to do. And I really like the ratios you gave. Mm-hmm. Half your body weight in ounces. Yeah. Yeah, it's very simple. I mean, people say about my online wellness program, you just reminded me that they do 15 to 20% of what I suggest and they're feeling the difference. So you do not have to be fanatic about any of any of this, but just be a little consistent with a lot of different simple measures. And this can equal feeling much, much better. Mm-hmm. 
and taking care of ourselves. Well, thank you for joining me today. And this has just been very interesting and such a wealth of wonderful information, keeping ourselves healthy. And thank you. I really appreciate what you're doing. It takes a lot of time and energy and, and what you're doing. Nobody else is doing it. And thank you very much. Well, thank you. If you would like to take a more natural approach to optimizing your health and dealing with anything from depression to diabetes, here's some very simple steps we can start to take and not overload our cupboards with expensive supplements. Drink more water. Take your body weight in pounds and drink half your body weight in ounces of water. So if you're 100 pounds, that's 50 ounces of water. Add a little sea salt to it, a good quality sea salt, and perhaps some magnesium. All of these simple steps can really help us optimize our health and keep costs down. Thank you for joining me today. And if you have any questions or stories that you would like to share, please email me at anita at anitacoach.ca and follow me on Twitter at Anita Westlake.